Sometimes when we hear law of attraction teaching, we feel our own pain of, well, I tried that and that doesn't seem possible for me. That may be true because the way that you're hearing it from that teacher or that book is not including your subjectivity. Maybe there's only a part that you can use because it's too objective and it's not including your situation. So I want to talk about a few areas of the law of attraction, how it needs to be thought of intelligently with more than just it's some kind of trick that you can do. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. I am an empathic channel, multidimensional medium, spiritual teacher, and hypnotherapist. I would say that I'm a spiritual teacher by how much time I do I spend doing things <laughs> more than anything. I also create a lot of um, audios. I, I do a lot of meditations and hypno journeys. You can find uh, you can find those to purchase on my website. Just go to meditation store under the tab that says podcast and media. And then you can also just stay tuned to this podcast feed or YouTube channel because I periodically offer them for free. And finally, you can also join my Mystic Arts Academy, which is a twice monthly workshop plus a once one to four times per month group live meditation offering. It is a beautiful community. Check that out on my website. You can find all of those links below. So welcome to this episode. I want to talk about the law of attraction and the, the way that it is sometimes either delivered and or received. And this is the key to it, delivery and receipt. So the law of attraction is that like attracts like and that what your frequency is is what is going to draw something to you. We have the, I guess, kind of at this point, older school ways that it was delivered, like the secret. Now the secret, the the I didn't, I don't think I read the book. Maybe I did, but I definitely saw the movie The Secret. And when it came out in 2006, I had already been studying Deepak Chopra's work. I'd been reading his books and stuff. And so when I watched the movie, I was like, the secret is the law of attraction. That's not a secret. I know about the law of attraction. <laughs> but, that, you know, that was me. But the way it was delivered in the law of in the secret, I have to say, maybe for, I'm sure it helped some people. And I think collectively it was good because it kind of put some things into a more common conversation than it had been. But, you know, it was kind of there was a lot of shortcuts to explaining what was going on. I particularly remember one there was someone speaking like a voiceover and then there was a a young lady and she went by a window uh, of a store and there was like a gorgeous necklace, a diamond necklace or something. And she put her fingers on her temple and she closed her eyes and concentrated. And then it would like it like showed up on her neck. Now, (laughs) that's how I remember it, at least I haven't seen it in 15 or more years. But I think that's how it happened. It was something to that effect. Now, I know they were demonstrating and it was being it was being a bit of a hyperbolic explanation of it. But at the same time, it uh, it was misleading. I'll just say that. So I want to talk about a few areas of the law of attraction, how you can use it and how it needs to be thought of intelligently with more than just it's some kind of trick that you can do. So I'll first of all say that. One thing we have to acknowledge is subjectivity and objectivity. Subjectivity is what's happening with a person, with the individual. And then there's also objectivity, what is happening in the outside world. Now, you, I, we are a part of all of that. 
I am co-creating the outside world. The My inner frequency, my inner vibration is a projection. The outside world is a projection of my inner frequency. Sorry, I th- almost said that backwards. So who I am inside is a projection of the outside world. Sometimes this is heard and it is thought that somehow that means you are to blame or that you've done something wrong. That is not what that means. Because my brothers and sisters, we are co-creating this reality. We have set things up in our life from a pre-birth standpoint to be dispatched into a time-space reality with certain parameters of who we could possibly be, meaning I was possibly going to be something like this. I was not going to be a seven-foot-four tall NBA player. My genome did not allow that at all. I was going to be born of my parents. When that decision is made, it can be unmade. Even if you are adopted or something, you still had biological parents. So these are things that we set up in advance. You were born into a time, you were dispatched as an incarnation into a time-space, a space-time with the pain and sorrow that may be there because you wanted to be a part of it, because you wanted to help heal it, because you wanted to learn from it. So that is how the subjectivity, the personal, is relating to the objectivity, the outer. It does not mean that you are wrong or you are lesser or anything like that. If you are a person who has a context where the law of attraction doesn't work like you put your fingers on your temples and then voila, you have a necklace around your neck because you may be a person that society is keeping down in one way or another. That's true. And when I say that you're co-creating that and I'm co-creating that, it doesn't mean that you're to blame or that I'm to blame. Now, we're talking there are people to blame in 3D. True, true, true. We're talking about something that is a grander, higher, bird's eye, God's eye view perspective, not the 3D. Two things can exist at once. More than two things, as a matter of fact, multidimensional things can 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 exist at once, and that is the truth of who we are. There is a dimension where there are people who are right and wrong. And then there is a higher dimension where we're all working on it together. And we're all of that. So that's something that sometimes I think the law of attraction teaching, if it's done quickly or cavalierly, it maybe it doesn't include. And so maybe that that is to blame, uh, that is the material and or the teacher or speaker to to who needs correction because they need to expand it and and communicate a little bit more like this is not talking obviously there are there are things that hold people back that are not their 3D fault you're not to blame or you're not responsible for the fact that i i didn't get the education that someone else just had purchased for them and they just went through they just you know glided through we may be equal you know, potential but I was I lived in poverty and this person just said here's a car here's a college and you know what I mean like and here's more support I didn't have that and some other people do that's not my fault but it does start me at a different place but from a higher self perspective I chose that because I wanted to learn from it again higher self perspective not the same as what's happening here and I'm to blame or responsible for it subjectivity versus objectivity when i'm having a another way the subjectivity and objectivity works in our lives is i have a feeling about something the way that i can apply that to others in conversation or in in action is if it does somehow take them into consideration 
So in the, in the situation of, let's say, public health, I, I want to experience freedom. But if what I have going on with myself is contagious, then I shouldn't take that out, that freedom, into the public. Do you see what I mean? And some of you guys like know what I'm talking about. But that's the difference. It's not infringing upon my rights. I'm actually infringing upon other people's rights. We have as an objective standard something like science, and we have other things like academia that help us to sort of zoom out and behave with one another. Science and academics and, you know, um, just critical thinking and conversation. But how you run things in your house and in your body is different, and that's fine and great. But you can't, we can't expect other people to understand our subjectivity as well as we do when we're working in the objective sphere. So that's, I think, maybe from the listener standpoint, too. Sometimes when we hear law of attraction teaching, we feel our own pain of, well, I tried that and that doesn't seem possible for me. And that may be true because the way that you're hearing it from that teacher or that book is not including your subjectivity. So this is when you might say, take what resonates and, re- and release the rest, because maybe there's only a part of the way that is being delivered that you can use because it's too objective and it's not including your situation. But maybe there is a clear mechanism principle that you can apply in that sense that if if you are able to lean into a more positive feeling, even if things are really difficult, that just you'll feel better and then you'll better be equipped to make the changes outside, work and keep yourself safe or protected or move toward abundance even if your inner world is feeling clearer and moving in a positive state. So that may be something you could take from something from the teacher. We have to also understand that when someone is speaking publicly, attempting to communicate to a broad audience, they are being objective and they can't take into consideration because you know, the, the lecture or, or talk or conversation would be, would be you just can't take into account everybody's possible situation. It's not possible. And so you have to kind of take that in for yourself and use it how you would. Again, I'm talking about how the law of attraction can either be misunderstood or not properly taught. And I think it's a balance. I think it's a balance of both. And the key to that is the the subjectivity, personal, and the objectivity, the collective, those perspectives. So I'll give you another example or extrapolation from that. Some of the law of attraction teachings have like vision boards. And so a vision board is when you kind of cut out things from magazine and paper and you put them on a board and then you put them out there and you meditate on it or you just see it in your space daily and that works really great people have these in in the secret itself they have these phenomenal testimonies of um yeah i did that and then like three years later it turned out i actually bought the house that was on my vision board and i didn't even realize it until i went and found that vision board so it can do some pretty phenomenal things to use a vision board but If you have a vision board and the way when you see it, it creates a feeling of lack, like, man, that's not what my house looks like. I mean, that's how affirmations are supposed to work. They are an affirming of whatever the energy is in your energy, affirming of it. But if a vision board is creating negation where you see that and you say, that doesn't work for me. I'm sad now. My house is dingy. Doesn't look like that. 
I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. If it's not, you're not actually working in affirming energy. So then maybe the vision board doesn't work for you, at least not right now or whatever. Maybe it doesn't work for you at all. It's just a tool. And so if that tool isn't working for you, we have a countless and endless tools. So once again, I think that I've seen people, if they do something like a vision board and they say, well, I tried it and it didn't work, throw the baby out with the bathwater, this universal law, this concept doesn't work, or I'm broken, which is even sadder or worse. I'm, I'm broken. I don't know how to do it. So I don't know how to do the law of attraction or any of these universal laws. So either I give up or I just keep being frustrated. And that's going to actually keep you from manifesting things because you're in the vibration and the mindset of I can't do it. I don't do it. I am broken. Therefore, that's what we manifest is literally broken, can't, not able to. So what this how this applies to the concept of subjectivity and objectivity is we have to take concepts tools like maybe a vision board and we have to tailor it to ourselves or we have to check it out and try something else i don't use vision boards i don't, they don't work for me because that specificity for me does not work on my energy looking at a picture of a house doesn't inspire me it doesn't or a car or whatever it is you know what i mean like it doesn't create that positive feeling in me it's at best neutral it doesn't usually create negativity in me, but it just kind of, kind of honestly, it creates clutter in my house. I've tried it a little bit. It doesn't work for me. Some people are not as overt and literal with how they work with manifestation, meaning like seeing pictures or outlining things. It has to do with our suggestibility. I'm a hypnotherapist. That's a whole different thing. But in case some of you have actually heard me talk about this, that's what it has to do with. So for me, Rather than a vision board on paper on the wall, I sit in meditation and I call up the feelings of well-being and abundance and joy. And then sometimes the details follow. And then I let the details charge it up. But the thing is, we're supposed to release the details and conditions anyway. And for me, I'm just kind of more like that. The, sometimes there aren't any details. The details can be confusing for me, the, the conditions. For me, it's more about the pure feelings of it, the positive feeling of it. For some, for some of us, calling up the, the conditions and the details to help us elicit those good feelings, but you want to hang on to the good feelings. So you see, once again, we have to work with how we are, the subjectivity, when a teacher or a book is teaching something, it's being objective. It may even be when, when a person is teaching spirituality or philosophy, it has to be more of a hyperbole. A hyperbole is an exaggeration. It's a metaphor, and it's a, sometimes metaphoric, but it's an exaggeration of a concept in order to communicate a broad concept objectively. But if we then take that into ourselves subjectively and then get as the, uh, a previous episode I explained, get triggered by it because we feel attacked or threatened or judged by a hyperbolic general concept, then we're not under, we're not really communicating correctly. And the best thing to do is take what resonates and see if you can help it to work with your energy in a way that inspires you. So the law of attraction is a universal law, but honestly, it's a it is a subset. It's not even a primary universal law because a primary universal law, an immutable universal law is one that can't be changed and it doesn't fluctuate in subjectivity and objectivity like the law of one. The universal law of one is that we are all one. Now we have different experiences inside the illusion that we are separate, but that doesn't actually overcome the law of one. It's within it. 
it is a property of it, the illusion and the separation experience. But the law of one is the grander concept that is true. So you see how the the law of attraction is within that because it does have subjective experiencing in it. And even how you apply it or how it, it works for you is going to be very personal and subjective. Therefore, if you can take some things away is keep what resonates. Think of how it would work with you. If your previous episode, if you're feeling triggered, know that if you're hearing that from some kind of general source that is speaking objectively and doesn't know your situation, can't know your situation, your your subjective situation, it's not a judgment against you. It's Well, I mean, obviously some people could be very mean and saying things. I'm talking about for spiritual teachers or philosophical talks. Rather, take, and if, if someone seems to be not a teacher that's fit for you, that is a match to you, then take what resonates and leave the rest leave that teacher that's okay but i want to empower you to do that to leave the teacher without being harmed or to take part of the material and adapt it to yourself or use the tools and if they aren't really working and the way you know the working is it feels good that's how you know they're working not necessarily because you wait three years and you get the house it's more that it's helping you to feel good right now it's affirming your spiritual well-being right now that's when something is working And it's not that you're broken. Maybe it is that the tool is broken, but maybe it's not. And it's never that you're broken, though. And also recognize that speakers and teachers and people who are somehow addressing a larger audience must speak in hyperbole. And so take take it as you will. If that hyperbole is offensive to you, doesn't resonate with you, then yeah, leave it. Well, I don't know. I talked about a lot of different things here, but I wanted to kind of see how we could use the law of attraction or any of the other universal laws so that you can manifest what is truly in alignment for you because you are beautiful. The mission that you have, that the way that you want to learn and contribute and serve and just be a part of this landscape, this creative planet, this beautiful, joyful place, if I would love for you to be the joy that you are intended to be because we're all here doing that and we need your joy. I need your joy. So I hope this is of any help to you. Please leave me a comment on YouTube if you um, have any any feedback. That would be awesome. And um, other than that, I invite you to like, subscribe, share, comment. And thank you for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.